You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, May 13th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks rise after the S&P 500 teeters on bear market territory. Jay Powell says the Fed will likely raise rates by a half point at each of its next two meetings. The panic in the crypto market subsides. And we'll tell you why USA to Ukraine is on hold. Power bills in New York households face a big summer spike because of gas prices, plus a dire warning from the new White House COVID-19 coordinator. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Yankees erupted late to win in Chicago. The Mets won in Washington. The Rangers and Penguins play game six tonight in Pittsburgh. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning after some wild swings on Wall Street. Yesterday, we're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 38 points this morning. Dow futures up 202. And NASDAQ futures up 189. 10-year Treasury down 1230 seconds. Yield 2.89%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.58%. Nathan. Karen, we begin this morning with breaking news on Twitter out just moments ago. Elon Musk is casting doubt on his deal to buy the social media company. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with this breaking news. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk says his deal to buy Twitter is temporarily on hold. Musk made the announcement. Where else? On Twitter. He says the $44 billion purchase is on hold pending details on how many fake accounts make up Twitter's total users. He's questioning whether spam and fake accounts represent less than 5% of users. Now, traders had started to question Musk's bid for Twitter in recent days as shares traded below his offer price of $54.20. Now, right now, they're down more than 20% in the pre-market, trading around $33 a share. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
And we're watching it even extend its declines. Renita, now down about 25% for Twitter. Tesla shares are up about 6% right now. Thank you for that report. And we continue to keep an eye on Twitter shares throughout the morning here on Bloomberg Radio, along with whatever else comes out of this developing story. Meantime, S&P futures are on the rise, as we said, as we close out a volatile trading week. Yesterday, the S&P 500 came within spitting distance of a 20% drop before a late-day rally paired those losses. Chris Zachary. The chief investment officer for Independent Advisor Alliance says this is shaping up to be a turbulent year. We think this entire year will probably be full of volatility because ultimately the volatility is being caused by uncertainty around inflation, uncertainty around Fed policy, and then ultimately uncertainty about growth. And we don't think any of those things will resolve in the near term. So there's going to be volatility. And Chris Zaccarelli with Independent Advisor Alliance made the comments on Bloomberg Business Week. Catch the program weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. Well, adding to this morning's stabilization for the broader market, Karen J. Powell pushing back against speculation on steeper interest rate hikes. Chair Powell won Senate confirmation yesterday for a second term and reaffirmed the Fed is likely to raise rates by a half percentage point at each of its next two meetings. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Powell says the central bank is prepared to change course depending on incoming data. Asked in an interview with the Marketplace Public Radio program if he had taken a larger 75 basis point increase off the table, Powell said that while the Fed was not actively considering such a move, if the economy performs about as expected, that it would be appropriate for there to be additional 50 basis point increases at the next two meetings. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly is also backing 50 basis point rate hikes at each of the next two meetings. In an interview with Bloomberg News, Daly said rates should rise to neutral by the end of the year. She sees that benchmark around 2.5%. Well, a stabler market, Karen, means the sell-off in cryptocurrency seems to have subsided. Bitcoin's trading back above its key 30,000 level this morning after falling to nearly 25,000 Wednesday. Tether, the largest stable coin used in crypto markets to facilitate trading is also recovering from an earlier mini crash. Major cryptos were falling with regular market sentiment, but the implosion of the Terra USD stablecoin kindled widespread panic. Well, Nathan, shares of Robinhood also on the move. This stock, which has been battered, is up more than 23% in early trading. Cryptocurrency billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried has taken a 7.6% stake in the troubled online brokerage. Robinhood shares have plunged 77% since its hotly anticipated initial public offering last July. In other corporate news, Apple's taking aim at unionization efforts at its U.S. retail stores. The company's holding meetings with employees, posting notices that tout the benefits of working for Apple. So far, no Apple store has unionized, but multiple locations are working with labor groups. Well, we now turn to the latest developments involving the war in Europe. USA to Ukraine is on hold after one senator held up yesterday's vote on a $40 billion aid package. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris reports from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Republican Senator Rand Paul held up the vote because he says the U.S. is spending a lot of money in Ukraine and someone should be keeping track of it. Our total aid to Ukraine will almost equal the entire military budget of Russia. And it's not as if we have that money lying around. We will have to borrow that money from China. So now the bill won't make it to the president's desk until next week. Meanwhile, White House Cyber Director Chris Inglis says he expects Russia's use of cyber attacks to continue, telling Bloomberg TV he credits the Ukrainians for their effective defense. I think the Russians have shown that they are not perhaps as competent as they might have imagined, both in the physical world and the cyber world. And the National Security Agency told Bloomberg News it's investigating the use in the U.S. business community of cybersecurity software made by 
Kaspersky, a Russian vendor. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, Amy. thank you. A House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection attempt has indeed subpoenaed House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, and that's along with four other Republican lawmakers. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The committee has been trying to bring them in to talk voluntarily, but now Republican House member Liz Cheney says timing has become just too important. It's a reflection of how important and serious the investigation is uh, and how grave the attack on the Capitol is. So there are certain to be extended court battles potentially pushing any testimony beyond the midterm election. And if the Republicans take control of the House then, it may never happen. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. S&P futures up 38 points. Now Dow futures up 203. NASDAQ futures up 189. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 607 on Wall Street. We're at 58 degrees in Central Park. We got an accident or heavy volume on the uh, southbound Harlem River Drive from 125th to the FDR. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. More than 70 gas stations in New Jersey are offering lower prices today as part of an effort to educate people about what might happen if self-serve gas pumps are allowed in the state. A bill has been introduced in the state legislature calling for self-service at stations with more than four pumps as gas prices rise because of inflation and the war in Ukraine. Advocacy group Fuel Your Way NJ said today, self-serve day of awareness aims to let drivers know that self-serve could help them save between $100 to $400 per year. What do New Jersey drivers think about self-serve, Phillips? It's a, a major cover because you don't have to deal with the, uh, the elements. The elements are the worst. It's better and safer if they come to you and uh, put the gas in. New Jersey is one of two states that does not allow anyone other than gas station attendants to pump gas. New York households' power bills are poised to surge 12% this summer amid higher electrical demand and soaring natural gas prices. According to the State Public Service Commission, that would exceed the 11% increases of the two previous summers. The new White House COVID-19 coordinator is issuing a dire warning. The U.S. will be increasingly vulnerable to the coronavirus this fall and winter. If Congress does not swiftly approve new funding for more vaccines and treatments, Dr. Ashish Jha says that Americans' immune protection from the virus is waning. The virus is adapting to be more contagious, and booster doses for most people will be necessary. When I think out to the future of the rest of the country as this virus spreads, there are places in the country that are, have far lower levels of vaccination. I worry about what's going to happen there. Dr. Ashish Jha. President Biden sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission asking the agency to look into cases of price gouging as there is a national shortage of baby formula. The supply disruptions are due in large part to a February recall of some popular brands. New York Republican Elsie Stefanik is among members of Congress criticizing the Biden administration's handling of the crisis. This is not a third world country. This should never happen in the United States of America. Representative Stefanik, as the FDA is now considering loosening import restrictions. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thank you. 
Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. The Yankees keep winning. The pitching has, for the most part, carried them. But last night, the pitching wasn't great. The hitting was a 15-7 win over the White Sox in Chicago. Two home runs, six RBIs for John Carlos Stanton. Home run for Aaron Judge. He drove in four. Josh Donaldson capped the seven-run eighth inning with a three-run shot. And the Yanks have won 16 of their last 18. The Mets with a 4-1 win at Washington. So the Mets win another series. They've played 10 of them. No sweeps, but they've won nine with one split. They're home tonight for Seattle. Rangers are in Pittsburgh tonight. Game six, it's not known if Penguin star Sidney Crosby will play. An upper body injury suffered in game five, courtesy of a high hit by Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba. Penn's coach Mike Sullivan was clearly angered by the hit. The Ranger coach is Gerard Gallant. I don't think he bothers him one bit. I mean, he plays his game the way he plays his game. And, you know, again, troops ain't out there to hurt Sidney Crosby. You know, that's not the our goal. Our goal is to play physical hockey and... It was an unfortunate play, you know. So, I mean, there's no intent to hurt anybody. Igor Sesterkin back in Pittsburgh where he struggled in games three and four. Sesterkin, already a finalist to win the Vezina Trophy for best goalie, also now named a finalist to win the Hart Trophy's NHL MVP. Three teams won to force a game seven. Boston, Edmonton, and Tampa Bay won an overtime. NBA Miami won at Philadelphia to win that series. Dallas blew out Phoenix. That series going seven. NFL schedule's out. The Giants will open up at Tennessee. The Jets will be home for Baltimore. Rich Strike off that miraculous win at the Kentucky Derby will not be in next week's Preakness. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. S&P futures now up 36 points. Dow futures up 198. NASDAQ futures up 178. Twitter shares tumbling with Elon Musk saying the deal is on hold. Alex Webb of Bloomberg Opinion and Bloomberg Quick Take joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Twitter shares down 18% this morning. And this update is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Again, watching Twitter shares fall down 18% in early trading after Elon Musk tweeted that his takeover of the social media company is temporarily on hold. We'll have more details on this breaking story straight ahead with Alex Webb of Bloomberg quick take. Futures are higher. S&P futures up about 40 points. Dow futures up 219. NASDAQ futures up 190. 10-year Treasury down 14.30 seconds. Yield 2.89%. Yield on the two-year 2.58%. NYMEX crude oil up one and a third percent up $1.43 at $107.57 a barrel. And we're watching Bitcoin this morning. It's higher up more than 6% at $30,300. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael Karen, thank you very much. The Kremlin has warned it would retaliate after Finland's leaders said they favor joining NATO. 
Sweden could do the same within days in a historic realignment triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and four other congressional Republicans have been subpoenaed by the House January 6th committee. In baseball, the Yankees won, the Mets beat the Nationals, the Orioles and A's won. NHL playoffs, there will be a deciding game seven after the Bruins beat the Hurricanes. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. It is 619 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And if you happen to have just joined us, Twitter shares are sinking this morning. Thanks to a tweet from its potential buyer, Elon Musk. Moments ago, he tweeted that the buyout is temporarily on hold as he awaits data on Twitter's proportion of fake accounts. Let's get more now on this breaking news. Alex Webb is with us this morning, Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent and tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Alex, good morning. What is Elon Musk up to? We don't even know that he's serious. So the tweet reads, Twitter deal temporarily on hold, pending detailed supporting calculation that spam slash fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of users, and it links to a story with that data. Now, you you could read that as Elon being sarcastic, right? Sure, the Twitter deal is off because of this news story that just came out. Like, I would be tempted to interpret it that way. Now, Mm. of course, the the thing that is surely undoubtable uh, about this is that the SEC will be looking at it, right? if the deal is off and he's announced the deal is off on Twitter, well, he probably should be filing that. If the deal isn't off and he's announced, he's making a comment like this flippantly on Twitter, then they should be looking at it. It's, you know, it's sort of unfortunately not a surprise that this is the sort of tweets that we're seeing. Well, let's just get a little bit of background here on the issue with spam bot accounts. What uh, is Elon Musk's issue here? How does this play into the Musk bid for Twitter? Well, if it's if it's serious that the deal is off or on hold because of this uh, audit, um, you know, Elon has said one of the things he's going to do is eliminate spam bots or reduce spam bots at the very least. And, um, you know, you do see on any number of posts, particularly crypto bots, you know, jumping on to uh, trending topics and trying to pump up particular coins or influencers. If there aren't as many spam bots as he had thought, then of course the if he thinks that is a business upside, the opportunity to like get rid of these spam bots. If there aren't as many as he thought, then maybe the upside isn't as great. You could also look at it differently that maybe there are only five percent of the accounts are spam bots, but if they are generating twenty percent of the content, I don't know if that's true, but I'm just plucking that number out of the air. Then it's still something worth looking at. So you know, it's a sort of vastly complex thing, and they're often quite hard to identify. So if there is a possibility here that Elon Musk is putting this out flippantly, that this is just another Twitter joke, I mean, what does that say about his entire bid for Twitter? I mean, there's still a lot of speculation, isn't there, about whether he's even serious about doing this deal, even with all the financing he's put together for this? Absolutely. And that is, you know, that spread, that that, that uh uncertainty is reflected in the spread between the offer price and the, the stock price as it closed yesterday, even before, you know, this 18 percent pre-market drop that we're seeing today. The shares are trading, the shares closed yesterday at $45. The um, offer price is $54.20. That is a considerable difference. I think the smart money has been sitting there going that at any stage, Elon might wake up and say, do you know what, I don't want to do this deal. Uh, and so that has been priced into the share price as it stands. 
Yeah, as we watch the uh, Twitter shares just in the pre-market, Tesla 30 handle. Uh, you, you mentioned the SEC here. I mean, with Elon Musk putting this out on Twitter, it does raise the possibility of the SEC cracking down even further on Elon Musk. What are you going to be looking for there, Alex? It's hard to know what they can do. You know, they've already done some things at Tesla where they've said, well, you have to have someone vesting your tweets as it pertains to Tesla. But, of course, these tweets don't pertain to Tesla, not directly at the very least. They've placed a different chairman in for two years. Those two years are, you know, running out pretty soon. So we don't know that Elon's going to take the chairmanship again. There's a suspicion that one of the reasons that Elon was trying to buy Twitter is because he didn't want to be, in his view, censored on the platform, doesn't want others censored either, and how a private company censors is a different question, but, you know, that's uh, one of the issues at stake here, and so if it ends up, ironically, with him having to rein in his tweets even further, it would just be a very strange um, eventuality. Yeah, in our last 30 seconds here, I guess what I'm wondering, Alex, is what could this mean for some of the, uh, you know, major backers that Elon Musk has put together to do this deal, like Larry Ellison, like Morgan Stanley. I, th- I think if you're Larry Ellison, maybe it doesn't change your calculation. But if you're a Morgan Stanley or indeed an Apollo or any of the other sort of financial backers, you know, sort of putting your reputation and your capital at stake by getting behind this bid when it's not entirely clear what the, the financial upside is going to be, uh, it does, I think, give you pause for thought. And I'm sure there are going to be some, some frenzied meetings and, and Zoom calls in the course of today among some of those backers. All right, Alex Webb, as always, thank you so much for coming on and giving us more on this breaking news with Elon Musk saying the Twitter deal is temporarily on hold while he looks into calculations that spam bots account for less than 5% of users on Twitter. And we are watching Twitter shares slide in the pre-market now down about 18 cents, trading around $37, 18% lower now in the pre-market. Much more to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. Of course, we will continue following this story for you throughout the morning. As we watch futures rise, we have S&P futures up 40 points, Dow futures up 223, NASDAQ futures are higher by 192 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, a few showers possible today with a high near 70 degrees. More showers possible tomorrow as well, low 70s. Might hit 80 on Sunday and can't rule out a few more showers then. Right now, 59 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 0.83% to 1.83%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, breaking news on Twitter. Elon Musk casting doubt on his deal to buy the social media company. Al Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Renita, good morning. Good morning. 
morning, Karen. Elon Musk is saying his deal to buy Twitter is temporarily on hold. He made the announcement on Twitter. He says the $44 billion purchase is on hold pending details on how many fake accounts make up Twitter's total users. Musk is questioning whether spam and fake accounts represent less than 5% of users. Traders have started to question his bid for Twitter in recent days as shares traded below his offer price of $54.20. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, Renita, it's well down from there right now. Twitter shares are lower by 20% in the pre-market. Bloomberg Quick Takes Alex Webb says this could be a way for Musk to back out. Part of me thinks that actually he's being sarcastic because it shouldn't necessarily make a big difference. He could be saying, if, if we take him at his word, that actually maybe there's not as big a differentiator as he thought. If he's going to come in and say, I'm going to get rid of spam accounts, and there aren't that many spam accounts mm. to get rid of, exactly. then actually the upside for him is limited. Bloomberg's Alex Webb there. Tune in to Bloomberg Radio for the latest on Twitter throughout the morning. Well, Nathan, U.S. futures are higher as we near the end of a volatile trading week. Joyce Chang, global research chair at J.P. Morgan, expects more wild swings in the markets. Inflation in the U.S. could be close to peaking, but it's been going up in the rest of the world. And even if you've seen the peak for inflation, the question is, where does it settle? I think that the volatility is really going to stay with us here. And there's still the growth concerns as well in Europe and in China, where we've taken down the forecast. And J.P. Morgan's Joyce Chang says even if inflation has peaked, Fed policy will remain hawkish. And speaking of the Fed, Karen, Jay Powell's latest comments are helping to stabilize markets. The Fed chair was confirmed to a second term yesterday. He says the central bank still plans to raise rates by 50 basis points at each of its next two meetings. Cryptocurrency is also rebounding this morning. Bitcoin's currently trading at $30,200. And this red headline just crossed the Bloomberg terminal, Karen. U.S. gasoline futures have jumped to an intraday record. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, futures are higher this morning. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 633 on Wall Street. Now we're at 58 degrees in Central Park. And Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Today, more than 70 gas stations throughout New Jersey are lowering their prices. It's part of an effort to demonstrate how allowing self-serve at the pump could help lower gas prices. A bill has been introduced in the state legislature calling for self-service at stations with more than four pumps as gas prices rise thanks to inflation and the war in Ukraine. Assemblywoman Carol Murphy, one of the sponsors of the bill, says the measure could solve a worker shortage issue. You come across is gas stations where there are closed pumps. Why? Because they don't have enough work force to uh, man those pumps, which creates long lines. Assemblywoman Murphy agrees with advocacy groups that self-serve gas could save drivers between $100 to $400 a year. New York households' power bills are poised to surge 12% this summer. Over a year earlier, amid higher electrical demand and soaring natural gas prices, that would exceed the 11% increases of the two previous summers. White House COVID-19 response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha renewed his call for Congress to authorize more funding to fight the virus. Dr. Jha is warning that many Americans with waning immunity could find themselves vulnerable this fall without more preventative efforts. Obviously, if we don't get those resources, we're going to have to make some very, very difficult choices. Right? We're going to have to make difficult choices about vaccines or treatments. What do we do with tests? Do we really go into a fall and winter surge with no testing capability? I mean, that would be a real problem. 
Dr. Jaws says the $22.5 billion in COVID-19 relief funding requested by the White House is the bare minimum that we need to get through this fall and winter without large loss of life. North Korea says six people have died and 350,000 have been treated a day after it acknowledged its first COVID-19 cases of the pandemic. President Biden spoke with retailers and manufacturers of baby formulas to have them do more to help families purchase infant formula. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration is ramping up its efforts to alleviate the shortage. Obviously, the steps the president took today are an acknowledgement and a recognition that more needs to be done, that we do not want parents, mothers, families out there to be stressed and worried about feeding their babies. Saki says people are hoarding baby formula and trying to profit off fearful parents. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Yankees in Chicago blew two leads. The game was 7-7 going to the eighth inning. Yanks scored seven runs in the eighth. They beat the White Sox 15-7. Two home runs, six RBIs for John Carlos Stanton, the Yankee manager. Aaron Boone. You don't expect to throw two touchdowns up there on a night when Dylan Cease is pitching, you know, the kind of start he's been off to. But a lot of really good at-bats off of him. Obviously, Big G getting two big ones uh, to get us to get us rolling. And then, you know, we lost we lost the lead there. And it was really good to see guys just continue to push ahead. Boone's Yanks have won 16 of the last 18. The Mets won 4-1 at Washington. Mark Kenna, three hits, a home run, three RBIs, first win for Taiwan Walker. The Miami Heat have advanced to the NBA's East Finals, a 99-90 Game 6 win at Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler scored 32 points. Luka Doncic scored 33. In Dallas, the Mavs coming off a 30-point loss in Phoenix, won by 27, and that series is going to a seventh game. Will the Rangers and Penguins series go seven? Blue Shirts need to win Game 6 tonight in Pittsburgh, where the Pens won Games 3 and 4, 7-4 to four and 7-2. to two. It's not known if the Pens will have Sidney Crosby tonight. He got hurt in Game 5. Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. They faced elimination, stayed alive, and overtime win over Toronto. There will be at least three Game 7s. There could be as many as six. NFL season will kick off for the defending champion, L.A. Rams, hosting Buffalo. The Jets, Week 1, home for Baltimore. The Giants at Tennessee. The Giants' annual game in Dallas will be on Thanksgiving. John Stashdown, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. <laughs> Bloomberg Radio TV markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. We know which one's moving. It's Twitter. My goodness. It's Twitter. Uh, you know, this is such a fascinating story, I have to say, Nathan, because I think yeah. for so many for so many days, for so many months, a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, oh, this is just Elon Musk pulling some sort of publicity stunt. But look, he's doing his due diligence. That's really what's moving the stock today. If you actually look at what Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, he did tweet for for the record. Uh, right. He said that the Twitter deal is temporarily on hold pending details supporting the calculation that spam slash fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of users. He also linked a, a Reuters story talking about just that, uh, that of course, the 5% number coming to a filing. But that temporary pause on the deal has the stock of Twitter, TWTR, down to as low as $36, Nathan, down about 19 percent this morning. This is important because remember the deal premium was already pretty wide. There were already questions about whether or not this deal would actually go through and that's why you never saw Twitter shares actually hit that 44 
uh, or excuse me, fifty four dollars and twenty yeah, exactly. cents. It was like hovering around forty four, forty eight, which is which is interesting. Usually, when you see an M and A kind of deal like that, it goes right to that offer price so that they can uh, the investor can buy it out at that price. Um, but those doubts clearly amplified this morning. So now you have Twitter shares, like I said, trading with about a 36 handle. And remember, it's not just Twitter that moves off this news. It's Tesla as well. TSLA is your ticker. Up 5.4% this morning. And remember, there is that inverse dynamic. Every time Twitter shares fall, Tesla shares rise. And the idea here is that if Elon Musk is focused on Twitter, does Tesla lose some of his attention and therefore lose some of its value? So that kind of inverse correlation that you see ends up having macro effects because Tesla, by the way, is a heavyweight in the S&P 500. So it could move the entire index just based on Elon Musk's one tweet on Twitter. Well, in the time we have left, Creedy, let's talk about the other big mover that maybe we thought was going to be the big mover before yeah. this Twitter news, and that's Robinhood. It is Robinhood, although I, I would argue this is actually a bigger move than Twitter is because it's up 20% instead of 19%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but HUD, H-O-O-D, is your taker. This comes after Sam Bankman-Fried. He's the 30-year-old CEO of crypto trading platform FTX. Uh, 30 years old, by the way, and a billionaire. Man, uh, I've, got, I've, nice. got, I've got my work cut out, of, cut out <laughs> for me. Uh, Robinhood, anyway, so it is surging. He did take a, a 7.6% stake in Robinhood. Remember, a lot of Robinhood's revenue comes from crypto volume, so this kind of deal makes sense. But regardless, that stake has Robinhood shares soaring about 20% this morning, Nathan. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Creedy Gupta, even busier than usual this morning. <laughs> Thanks, as always, Creedy. And looking at the market as a whole, ahead of this Friday open, S&P futures are up 45 points. Dow futures up 251. NASDAQ futures up 208 points. And the 10-year Treasury now down 12.30 seconds. The yield 2.89%. Yield on the two-year, 257 Much more to come. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by PPAC Private Wealth Management. PPAC Private Wealth Management knows that a portfolio is more than a collection of assets. It is a path to your future. Visit ppacprivate.com and begin your financial legacy today. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we continue to watch shares of Twitter this morning down almost 16% after Elon Musk tweeted that his $44 billion takeover of the social media company is temporarily on hold. Futures this morning are moving higher after what was a wild day on Wall Street yesterday. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are firmly in the green right now. Dow futures up 232 points. SBs gained 43. And NASDAQ futures are higher by 200. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.89%. Gold is down 6. Oil is climbing. And Bitcoin is higher by 5.6%. Japan rose 2.6% overnight while European markets are in the green this morning, led by gains in the U.K. and France. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. And after the Bellas night, it was reported that the FTX CEO took a stake in Robinhood. Shares are up 20% pre-market. And you mentioned Tesla, the big news this morning. Elon Musk declared the Twitter takeover is on hold. Pending details, Twitter's down 18% pre-market. Tesla is 
trading higher. In other news, U.S. gasoline futures jumped to an intraday record. And wrapping things up, Krispy Kreme raised to buy at HSBC. UPS cut to neutral at J.P. Morgan. And First Solar was upgraded over at Piper. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A new $40 billion round of aid to Ukraine has wide bipartisan support in Congress, but it's being held up in the Senate by one senator. Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky says there should be a watchdog keeping eye on how the money is used in Ukraine. All eyes on House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and four other congressional Republicans subpoenaed by House investigators. The January 6th committee begins public hearings next month with a final report due out this fall. In baseball, the Yankees were winners. The Mets beat the Nationals 4-1. The Orioles and A's won. In the NHL playoffs, there will be a deciding Game 7 after the Bruins beat the Hurricanes 5-2. The Rangers will try to avoid elimination in Game 6 tonight against the Penguins. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report. NJIT is future in the making. Learn more at NJIT.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Apple is taking aim at unionization efforts in its U.S. retail stores. The company has begun holding meetings with store employees and posting notices that extol the benefits of working for Apple. So far, no Apple store has unionized, but multiple locations are working with labor groups. Well, for the first time, scientists have grown plants and soil from the moon collected by NASA's Apollo astronauts. Researchers had no idea if anything would spread in the harsh moon dirt and wanted to see if it could be used to grow food by the next generation of lunar explorers. Results are published in Communications Biology. And the world got a look at the first wild but fuzzy image of the supermassive black hole at the center of our own Milky Way galaxy. Astronomers believe nearly all galaxies have these giant black holes at their center where light and matter cannot escape, making it extremely hard to get images of them. Light gets chaotically bent and twisted around by gravity as it gets sucked into the abyss along with superheated gas and dust. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it's 651 one on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include aid to Ukraine delayed over one senator's objection. President Biden under fire over a nationwide baby formula shortage and the January 6th committee sending subpoenas to fellow members of Congress. Also making news, Jay Powell confirmed for a second term as Federal Reserve Chair and Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins is back with us. So uh, Powell did get a bipartisan vote of confidence in the Senate, uh, Emily, but just about everybody is acknowledging that he and the rest of the Fed have a very tough road ahead as they are laser focused on inflation. 
Absolutely, Nathan. I mean, they not only have to address inflation, but they also have to make sure that the country does not wind up going into a recession, which is a very real threat that that we are hearing experts warn us about. Um, and at this point, I mean, he does have that bipartisan support. I mean, he had 80 senators of both parties back him, but he also had senators from both parties voting against him. Concerns over uh, his his regulatory policies, uh, concerns, one from Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey about the fact that he hadn't promoted uh, more Latinos within uh, the, the 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 Fed, and so these are you know several different things that, that the concerns were raised. But I think a lot of the question is just what sort of happens next, what the Fed is able to do. Um, he's got the vote of confidence going forward, but but there are certainly um, concerns uh, about exactly how he is going to make sure to both bring inflation down and avoid that recession. All right, let's turn to the other major news that came out of the Senate, uh, the vote on Ukraine aid. I think we had been expecting that this was going to move relatively quickly, but it's on hold now. Hey, that's the thing about the Senate, Nathan. If you want something to move quickly, you have to have all 100 senators on board. And this time you only have 99. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, he's a libertarian, he's a fiscal hawk, and he's very concerned about the amount of funding going over to Ukraine. It's not the not the number that he is a concern with. He wants language to be in this legislation that allows an oversight uh, to happen within the federal government for how the money is spent. Um, and this is something that, you know, as as far as as a political thing, it seems like there could be some potential support for that. But the real crux of it is that they want this bill to move quickly. Uh, on May 19th, so next week, uh, President Biden is says that he's going to run out of the funding that Congress has already allocated for Ukraine. That's funding the White House has used to help with military, to help with humanitarian aid, to help Ukraine continue to fight this war with Russia. And it runs out on May 19th. Uh, Biden can't, you know, he can't authorize money. That's Congress's job. So that's why they really need to rush this bill through. Um, that's the sense of urgency. And at this point, Nathan, it does look like this bill is is going to pass. It's just going to have to go through a longer process, and it won't be about until next week when we finally see it actually clearing and going to Biden's desk. Well, speaking of things running out, Emily, a lot of parents know and have known for months that baby formula has been missing from many grocery store shelves, and now this is turning into a, a pretty significant political issue in Washington. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the idea that, that parents can't feed their babies is, you know, it's, it's a heartbreaking thing to think about. Um, it's certainly something that both parties have really started stepping up on this past week. Um, you've heard Republicans, obviously they're not the party in charge. They, they can't move legislation. They have introduced a bill, but it really from what you're seeing right now, Republicans just very strongly criticizing Biden, saying that, you know, if this is his economy, uh, this is his inflation, it's his supply chain shortages and really just putting the blame squarely on him. Uh, but Democrats are planning to begin holding some hearings on this. We're going to see at least one next week, one the week after uh, with the FDA commissioner, as well as some of these uh, baby formula companies. I mean, part of the issue is the recalls that we've seen. Um, we could also potentially see additional legislation from Democrats really addressing this. And you did see the White House yesterday meeting with formula manufacturers, talking about ways to increase supply, calling on the FTC and state attorneys to really crack down on any sort of price gouging that 
what's going on at this point. But this has really become a very hot button issue in Washington and certainly something that's impacting many families out there that are struggling to find the formula they need on grocery store shelves. We had another big hot-button issue emerge as well from the House January 6th committee now issuing subpoenas against fellow members of Congress. This isn't something that we see very often in uh, or on Capitol Hill. This is really unprecedented, Nathan. I mean, the January 6th commission, they've asked to hear from a number of lawmakers, including those who they've now put the, out the subpoenas against. It, it is really um, a, quite a serious step and a precedent breaker to have something like this. Um, you had it doesn't seem like many of these members are going to be responding to these subpoenas. Um, Kevin McCarthy, the majority leader and likely the, the speaker of the House next year, uh, told reporters that, you know, the January 6th commission really sort of downplayed it, continuing to call it um, a sham and trying to delegitimize it. Um, that's a very similar stance that many of his colleagues uh, on the Republican side share as well. Um, and th- these Republicans, I mean, they know what is going to happen next, even though they have been subpoenaed. Um, this is something that's likely going to wind up going to the courts. And the courts tend to take some time with this. It can take years for the courts to decide whether or not uh, that someone's needs require to appear. And they don't have they don't have a lot of time left at this point before the November elections. Paul, thanks for the update. As always, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Read more at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 as we continue to watch developments around Twitter this morning. Karen, what's going on there? Yeah, Nathan, and this is pretty much the latest with Elon Musk tweeting that his $44 billion takeover of Twitter is temporarily on hold until the billionaire receives more information about the proportion of fake accounts. Now, Musk is looking for more details on a recent filing from Twitter that stated fake accounts on the social media platform came to less than 5% of its monthly daily active users. And fighting fake accounts has been a cornerstone of Musk's bid to reform Twitter. In a statement announcing the deal, he revealed that he wanted to defeat spam bots and authenticate all humans and make its algorithms open source. Twitter shares, they're down about 16% right now. Tesla shares higher, up 5.5%. We'll have more on this story on Bloomberg Surveillance, which is straight ahead for Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.